hero action figures over seven inches tall. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show. Lots of action for one and all. Action figures over seven inches tall. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show is getting ready for the big nerd geek event in Jacksonville, Florida. Retorama Pop Culture Collectible Show. It's happening Sunday, February 21st. It's just hours away, and it is full of all kinds of things. Comic books, science fiction, and horror. And to talk about kind of the horror, spooky kind of, you know, end of the event is a guest, a special guest here on the Riley and Kimmy Show, and that's Jay Woodley of Woodley Special Effects. Welcome to the Riley and Kimmy Show, Jay. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I am glad to have you on this on this episode, and I'm going to talk about uh, what's going on at Retro-Rama Pop Culture uh, collectible show this uh, this Sunday, and my understanding, um, well, one of the things that you got going on before we get to uh, some uh, special effects on zombies is you have a brand new product that is going to be making its debut. Brand new one. Now, is it called Carnage I, Brew Blood? Is that right? It is uh, Carnage Brew Blood Powder. Okay. It is the first of my entire uh, special effects makeup line. And uh, myself, my mascot, her name's Kylie Carnage. So myself and my crew are the Carnage crew. So since it's my home-brewed makeup, we're the Carnage brew makeup. It's uh, it's weird and goofy, but the blood powder is uh, something that's blown people's minds for years. It's uh, been available from a few small manufacturers around the country, but it's what they used in um, Dawn of the Dead, Friday the 13th, especially anytime you'd see someone get hit in the head with a baseball bat or an ax, have that like real nice continuous shot blood spatter. It, it was blood powder. It's just a pigmented special blend of dyes. You brush on the skin. It goes on clear. As soon as water hits it, it turns into blood. And people have been going nuts over it and been wanting to purchase it and use it and have it. And I'm the only one that does. So I spent three years trying to figure out how to make my own. That was a little bit more realistic and it reacted more like real blood. And then three years, lost of trial and error. I finally perfected it, patented it, got all the stuff on it. And now we'll have it at the show Sunday. Whoa. Now does this, is this something once it, you you're done with the effect, can it come off easily or, and do you have to be careful where, what it hits, what fabrics and things like that? Um, for the most part, it's machine washable. It goes um, off with soap and water. And you can also, um, the big thing that blows everyone's mind with it, I can put it in people's eyes. Whoa. So I can um, give bloodshot eyes. I can do bloody eyes. I can, spoiler alert, if you watched Walking Dead um, Sunday night, I can do that thing that happens to a certain character, and it all is completely medical, cosmetic, and food-grade pigments, completely safe. And it goes away after about 10 minutes. And then once it starts to dry, you can just hit it with water and it bleeds right back up again. Unbelievable. That's magic. That's what that is. Yeah, that name is copyrighted already. Well, I understand. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> um, do, now, is this going to replace, and I, I, I wonder even if this has been replaced, is this going to replace like the old blood pack type stuff they used, they used to use in Hollywood and stage settings and Stuff like in blood capsules and things like that. Oh, absolutely. I've um, I've got it down to where I can put it on a sponge and hide it in somebody's mouth, and it instantly bleeds. I put it on um inside chewing gum and had people chew on it, and 
just the colors and the pigmentation you get from it is the most anatomically correct thing in the world. Nothing comes close to it. And I do a lot of uh, military simulations, uh, battle training, stuff like that. I'm also a military consultant for um, wounds and stuff like that. So I do a lot of uh, trauma and casualty makeup for the military. And that's when yeah, I brought the blood powder out, showed them that. And first thing they said was, you know, it looks awesome, but it doesn't dry the way blood should dry. And again, that led to more research and development. And now mine dries that awesome, rusty, orangey, yellowy, Whoa. nasty color. Whoa. This is, I, I can't wait to see this. I, I, I think Ed told me, Ed Tucker, the show promoter for Retrorama, that he saw you put it on somebody's dress shirt, I think it was, and he thought you ruined the shirt, I think is what he said. Um, no. Okay. I did not ruin the shirt. It just looks really, really gross. <laughs> but Ed seen me do lots of different things. He might have thought it was blood powder. Okay. I have at any given point in time 40 different kinds of blood on me. Wow. So it, it could have been a number of different things. I have paints and silicones and yeah, it, it gets insane with the blood. Now, I, years ago, because I, you know, I'm a, I'm a book freak and I, I read just a lot of different things. And I remember visiting a, a bookstore up North um, that this place touted like a half a million books at any given time. And I remember the gunshot wound book. And is, are you the kind of guy that had that that's your kind of book? You use that kind of source material to, you know, create your magic. Uh, the big one for me was uh, Grey's anatomy. Ah. Because a lot of people, when they do makeups, and I started, you know, special effects like when I was like five years old. I was obsessed with it after seeing Creature from the Black Lagoon. So it was Grey's Anatomy, and I had relatives in the police force, so I'd get my hands on crime scene photos every once in a while. And then once um, internet came, I was on those kinds of websites and figured out, you know, crime scene photos and videos and autopsies and i i watched a lot of weird stuff and read a lot of really weird books <laughs> but it's made me it's made me such a better artist paying attention to stuff like that like, yeah, when i do classes the biggest thing that i talk about is your horror movie realism and your anatomical realism and the way things look in real life is you know completely night and day difference from what you'd see in like friday the 13th not so much chunky, nasty stuff as there's a bunch of purples and pinks and weird little contours and textures and colors and things most people don't look about or even think about. So when I'll see a makeup and you know, I'm so jaded at this point in my life, I'll see a makeup and I'll do something. And someone will go, oh, that's so realistic. And then I'm looking at it like, yeah, but the tarsal is two inches over to the left too far. So it's really not realistic at mm. all. So is it is it hard for you to watch a horror film or something that has you know that that type of special effects in it? Uh, are you are you able to actually look at it or are you actually dissecting what you're watching, either horror, TV, I or movie? I pick everything apart. Mm. <clears throat> I I pick it all apart. But I I grew up on the old you know cheesy B movie gore and camp, and I love it. I have a huge passion for that kind of stuff but now it's looking for seam lines and prosthetics and looking to see where the bloodlines are connected and see if i can see grips off frame shooting blood somewhere and i have an eye for it now and it just it bugs some of my friends you know that no end and back because i'll sit there and go yeah look you can see the seam right there they did a really bad job seaming that and it's just i can't help it anymore i just have such an eye for it now it just sticks out to me like a sore thumb 
So you must be yeah. a, an old student or have a love for like Jack Pierce stuff back the uh, Universal Horror original oh, makeup artist. I'm actually uh, I'm actually one of the only people that specialize in the kind of makeup that he did. Get out of here. Um, the old classics, uh, clay and wax build up and uh, auditioned for that show Face Off a while back. And that was something I tried to pitch to the producers was, yeah, I can sculpt, I can make prosthetics, I can do all that. But you get me on the show, the first thing I'm going to do is pull out my mortician's wax and my clay and I'm going to build a whole creature doing it the old way. Whoa. Because nobody's proficiently trained in how to do that anymore. Cause he, and that was just a bunch of trial and error when I was a kid. You know, I, I find it interesting when you can actually see, and for you, you would really be able to see it when they replaced him at Universal because they started doing a different technique with the, the makeup, the, the application and stuff. And you, you notice it, at least I do. Um, as a kid, I noticed there was a difference. And then when I started reading that, it was like, well, Jack Pierce was not there anymore. They, they pulled him away. And because they tried to make things faster and, and in a different way of applying the makeup. And it was noticeable. Now, Dick Smith kind of took it from him. I mean, Dick Smith started the foam latex prosthetics and, you know, he blew everyone away with Planet of the Apes because he had foam latex and he wasn't spending, you know, 17 hours doing one makeup. He was doing, you know, 17 makeups in two hours now Mm -hmm. because it was just way easier to make molds and do all that. But like Frankenstein, when Jack Pierce did that. I don't think there are like any molds or anything for that. He, every time they had to have him in makeup, he was there you know, for hours on end, propped up in a chair, drinking coffee, reading a book. Well, Jack Pierce was around him doing his makeup fresh, renewed every time. And that's an amazing skill to have. I mean, that's something that a lot of kids nowadays going up in the special effects schools, because those are all over the place. Now you learn sculpting, molding, prosthetics, how to take a prosthetic, turn it into something, but they don't really teach how to sculpt onto the face anymore. And I think once you can master that, like you can do anything because that is some of the hardest work I've ever done in my entire career so far. I mean, just because I love the universal thing, I won't say that for very long, but like the Wolfman, when it, way it was done with the, because they had to, you know, freeze and then apply yak hair and then freeze the camera and apply yak hair. That just, I don't know if people would have the patience today to even try that that technique well now you that whole thing it was done in stop motion it was one of the very first stop motion makeups that was ever attempted and the transition for the time it was a phenomenal effect but nowadays you know they don't even do stop motion movies the way they used to it's all cgi now like uh paranorman they did mostly um i think that's the most recent one they did mostly cgi and then they had a few puppets and a few sets but for the most part they digitally did 90 percent of the movie now because it just takes too much time nowadays out of curiosity let's go a little bit further back what about cheney seniors uh was it london after midnight is that it with the vampire um with like the really sharp teeth and everything he did in those eyes that were bulging out i mean uh oh the nosferatu yes that he did um it's the film has not survived. The still has of him in the top hat and that, you know, the just disgusting uh, creature uh, because, you know, Cheney, he, 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 man, he had to be nuts from some of the things I've read. Uh, you know? There's, there's so much myth and speculation around the stuff that Cheney did. You know, they called him the man of a thousand faces and he did all of his own stuff and he come up with his own techniques and his own recipes and his own formulas. And other than his son, he wouldn't tell anybody how he did anything. So there's a rumor when he did Hunchback in Notre Dame, he poured bleach in his eye. 
And he actually walked around with a 40 pound hump on his back the entire time because he wanted to stay method. And supposedly that gave him really bad back problems. And he had bad vision because he supposedly poured bleach in his eye Mm. and he used, you know, that toxic lead based makeup they used back then. And he had problems from that. And, but no one knows for sure, you know, how he did anything. There's ways to recreate it and everything now, but no one knows exactly how he did it. Yeah. I read And I think, you know, that's, like he put wire in his oh. eyes, you know, to open up the, the eye socket, uh, further, but it's like, I, I don't know what's myth like you're saying here and what was real, you know? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, when you have people like that, that are so dedicated to their art and putting on a good show and he was a showman above everything, it wouldn't surprise me if he actually put wire in his eyes or glued his eyes open or any of the stuff they claim that he did. I mean, no, it, it's, I don't know, it's so hard to explain. Like when it gets to, you know, to the art form and the passion and the links you'll go. And I've, I've electrocuted myself like 50 times just oh. trying things out to see if it would work. Oh. And you never know how far somebody will go. Now you weren't playing with like a Tesla coil, were you? When you got zapped? Yeah, I was trying to make a Tesla ray gun. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, this is good. Oh, you... right, the um, I've done coils, I've done Jacob's ladders, and a buddy of mine was like, you know, if you could make a Tesla death ray, and I was like, why don't I make a Tesla death ray? Oh, because I'm gonna get electrocuted a bunch. <laughs> oh man, oh you are fun. <laughs> so you actually teach a course on 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 how to get into the trade and and or is is it like different levels? Is it for a hobbyist who wants to you know make that great cosplay or? Uh, for some special event, or is it for somebody who's hardcore wanting to be in in film, television? Uh, I do a little bit of all of it. I have students as young as nine years old. I have students that are in their 40s to 50s. I do demonstrations of just, you know, fun Halloween stuff. I do classes on real theatrical effects. I do stuff on how you're going to make it in the industry. I do full extensive training courses and help people find jobs and get into the industry. Most of the people I teach end up working for me usually mm. because we're just fun, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It's usually once I bring around someone that just likes being around, they don't, they don't leave. Now it is, and you'll see that at the show Sunday. I have like a 20 person crew coming with me. Oh, 20 person crew. Are you serious? Yes. Whoa. Yeah. That's uh, my security, my, my support staff, uh, a couple of my actors, uh, my stuntmen, because I'm mean, we'll get into that later, but we've got this zombie walk, something that's never been seen in Jacksonville before. So it takes a lot of hands on deck to make it happen. Oh my goodness. So, well, let's move into the zombie walk here. Let tell me about the zombie walk. I, I know you've had one before at Retrorama, but does, I mean, this one's like going to blow that one out of the water, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, Last year, you know, like I said, we had like two weeks before the show to get it all together. It was very last minute and it was just your run of the mill. If you've ever been to Spooky Empire, it was like the run of the mill zombies on parade, walk around a route, come back. And that was it. This year I've gone to the extent of, yeah, walking around is cool. But if I recreated the world of the walking dead, that'd be even better. So now I'm doing a live action role play format. You're LARPing. There's a storyline. Yes. <laughs> it, it is a LARPing zombie walk. Oh boy. It's going to feature, um, I've got a guy that's going to ride a motorcycle around and hand out supplies and be a recruiter. 
I am playing a character from the Walking Dead comics at some point. We'll have zombie traps. I've got a pickup truck. I'll have a cage in the back of. We're going to drive around and drop zombies off on people. We've got people that will help you along the way. People that will try to steal your supplies. And it's it's going to be insane. And it's never been attempted in the North Florida area as far as I know. Wow. Now, obviously, that is not going to be happening at the parking lot at the Ramada Inn. I mean, that's just not going to happen. No, it's going to be, it's going to be across the street in that uh, big shopping center. And Tim Proctor and uh, Veronica and Kent Wagner will be in their costumes from the show. I'll be doing their makeup, and they'll actually be a part of the event as well. Oh my goodness! I mean, uh, so you're going to actually you're going to take um, how long does it take you to do? If you know, I don't want to get trade secret, but how long is it going to take you to do? The, the three zombies, are you going to have somebody else helping you or, or is it, are you doing all of them yourself? I'm doing all three myself. I think I'll uh, have them all done in about an hour and a half. Good grief. My uh, record right now is 460 makeups in three hours. No way. No way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one thing's for sure. You must get along with people quite well to be doing that. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, that's, I mean, it, it's really weird. I've never been a, what I would call a people person, but I'm just, I'm really good with that now. Oh, wow. It's the interaction. I like talking to people and as I'm doing their makeup, I, I'm big into sound effects. You will see this at the show like 50 million times throughout the day. I just, I like making sound effects. It helps me focus and stay motivated and not freak out because of how much work I have to do. So you'll hear like, Studying sounds if I'm using my sponges and if I'm using my brushes, I'll make sword sounds. It, it's silly, but it's, oh, that's cool. it's all about having fun and it makes the people feel you know, comfortable and they get super excited because this weird guy that looks like he ran out of the set of Easy Riders doing their makeup and he's making <laughs> sound effects and then next thing you know, they're gross and bloody I and mean, it's, it's always a good time. Now, are, are you seeing the, the, the special effects world is – commercial moving into that a little bit are they interested in that like the commercial tv you know for any like you know for spots and and for you know advertising and stuff like that or is it just seasonal when it comes to something like that like okay halloween time we might want something do they look to you i mean is there a market for that for the special effects artists it is uh, it is the weirdest most fickle industry i've ever worked in um usually about this time of year I'm starting to design haunted houses and build costumes and props and set pieces for the haunt industry. And then I'll do like Comic-Con costumes, cosplay stuff, stuff like that. Then I'll move into mid-summer time. I'm doing more of random props and maybe I'm doing a makeup for a magazine or I'm doing something for a film. And then October, it's constant Halloween makeup. And then November to December, there's Christmas stuff and Grinches and elves, and then it goes right back and cycles and repeats itself. Well, you won't be bored. I, I can't imagine you getting bored at oh, all. Oh, never. <laughs> and that's the coolest thing about it. I mean, this is something I've been passionate about my entire life. So, I mean, it was really hard work getting here, but I have fun all the time. Do you, it's always interesting. Do you sketch out stuff or do you have, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking for a young person or whatever age is it's going, Hey, I really want to do this or they're interested in it. Are you, are you like, you know, grabbing a, a sketch pad and you, when you're going to maybe design some makeup and work it out that way, do you have to have the art skills, the drawing skills is my point 
to to not work? really um i hate doing concept sketches okay i absolutely hate it i feel i can't put on paper and I, i'm a pretty decent artist when it comes to drawing and stuff but i feel that i can't show on paper what i can do with the final product so unless the client insists upon it i won't do a concept sketch i absolutely loathe it i feel that it doesn't show the client the full potential of what they can get. So I rely solely on my portfolio and usually that's enough for me. Some clients, they insist there have concept sketches and there has to be 500 different views of how everything's going to look. And for me, my hand sculpting works way better than me drawing. Oh boy. Sculpting. Do you do clay? Do you sculpt out that way sometimes? Either, you know, uh, what was that? Do, you, do you sculpt like on clay or something ahead of time, like a piece or something to show or or just have an idea if this is going to be the, what you're, you're wanting to work, you know, work out? Do you do you do that kind of sculpting ahead of time, like a, an arm or something that you, you're wanting or a hand or you know, maybe even an ear? I mean, do, do you go that route? Usually not. I mean, I've I'm kind of like a carnival worker when it comes to pitching clients now. OK, but usually I can just there's so much passion and I'm so excited about the stuff that I have to say that usually my enthusiasm just gets them motivated and they're all about it. Like Ed, Ed Tucker, you know, doesn't get excited by zombie walks, but as soon as, as I said, you know, we're going to have a motorcycle guy ride around like Daryl, I'm going to have a truck. I'm going to have the zombies run around. We're going to have traps. And he's like, yeah, do it. This is awesome. Oh, geez. And there was no need for a full plan or anything. It was just, okay, Jay, just go wild. Just make it happen. <clears throat> but a lot of times, you know, clients, I'll bring a gag. If um, I had one that wanted a, um, a film I just did recently, he wanted a tear gas grenade. And we had to have a tear gas grenade fly through the scene. And I was like, yeah, I can build that for 20 bucks. And he was like, 20 bucks? How are you going to build that? And I was like, two catch-up bottles and some construction paper and a little tiny homemade explosive device. And his mind was blown, but he's like, all right, you have me catch-up bottle, do it. So I build it, we go in, we film the scene, I throw it, it goes off just like it's supposed to. And he spent like the next 20 minutes looking at this film footage like, how did you turn a ketchup bottle into a tear gas grenade? Like, it looks realistic. Oh. And then we had a police officer on set and he's like holding it and looking at it. And he's like, this is cardboard and a ketchup bottle. And I was like, yeah, it took me 10 minutes to make it. Oh. And you know, after that, you know, the reputation starts to spread around that, you know, always the MacGyver special effects makeup, you know, just trust him. Just whatever he says, let him go. So now that's like my saving grace is I've got this reputation of, I can take pretty much anything and do something phenomenal with it. So people tend to take my word for it. Now that is, that's wicked. Now coming up on Sunday, that is now coming up on Sunday, what can people expect if they come now? You, you have like almost a room area to yourself, right? I mean like your special effects area. What, what can they expect when they come to you? Um, I'm going to have a half scale replica of the cafeteria doors from the very episode of the walking dead. Oh boy. And that'll be, um, yeah, they wouldn't let me take the entire room. Originally, I wanted to recreate the entire hallway from the scene where Rick wakes out of his coma and sees the doors that don't that say don't dead open inside. Oh boy! But space concerns. I had to cut it down so it's eight feet wide, nine feet tall, and I'll have an entire array of Walking Dead weapons that our guests can pose with at the photo op. I have Morgan's bow staff, Daryl's crossbow, a bunch of different knives, different characters abused. I've got 
all kinds of secret stuff. And then, of course, our celebrity walkers will pose for pictures. They can sign up, get their makeup done, check out my makeup and prosthetic line, sign up for the walk, watch me do makeup, and just hang out and talk to zombies because that seems to be everyone's favorite thing at the shows lately. No, let me just get this right. Somebody can sign up to have you apply makeup to them. Yes, I'll be doing makeup all day. Get out of here. So if somebody wants to have a family member, a zombie, you're the person to head to. They, you can turn them into a zombie. Zombie survivors. Um, we've had people have me do really random stuff. Uh, one event I did, I turned somebody into a pirate pickle oh, zombie. Geez. Oh, no. Because <laughs> okay. I made the mistake of saying I can do pretty much anything you want, and that's what they come up with. Oh, boy. So do you have a box? I'm, I'm just curious here because I... I, I'm, I'm thinking of old school stuff. I've seen old photos, okay, Universal Days and, and, and a little later than that. But do you like have a huge box like with ears and noses and things like that to apply? I mean, are, are, are you is, is your craft, do you have those kind of things? Is that what you do? I, yes, I have. Um, I think I'm bringing 40 different kinds of prosthetics people can choose from this time. And then I'll have my waxes and my clays and stuff like that. So I can do buildups on the spot as well because people, it, it just blows people's minds. And above everything, I, I'm a showman. I love, you know, people stand around and watch me do makeup. And especially now, you know, shows like face off where they're seeing the high end movie side of things. I like to do the throwback to the twenties and thirties and do the buildups in front of everyone. Cause they never see that stuff nowadays. Whoa. So I'm sitting there doing the wax buildups and doing wolf ears and, all kinds of weird stuff with wax that people just don't know they can do. And then next thing you know, I've got a family of like five standing around me and little kids are freaking out because I made a werewolf and how do you do that? And, and you know, I get to ignite that spark and a little kid just like, you know, happened to me and I keep it alive because I feel, you know, an age of digital effects and computer graphics and you know, it is a dying art. See, that's what's going to so the fact, you know, that yeah. I can, keep it alive is just amazing. I was going to ask you that. I mean, if I remember right, uh, I am legend. I don't think had any, uh, any of the villains, the, the monster in it, the slash vampire zombie monster. I don't think any of those were live. If I remember correct, I think they were all CGI and I think they're all motion capture. Yeah. So I was going to ask you is, and to me that just, uh, the movie had great elements to it, but there was, there was just something, you know, lifeless, to the creature, if you will, that was supposed to be the threat. It was like not just the suspension of disbelief was not quite, you know, there. Um, And I was going to ask you, is that, that the big threat? I mean, um, are we looking 10 years from now where you will be a very rare person on a set uh, somewhere? I I don't think so. I think, um, yeah, it's really weird range of emotions, but recently, you know, Rick Baker retired mm-hmm. because Rick Baker felt that CGI and the digital effects artists were taking away from us. So he retired, had his run, quit. But now it seems to me like technology is killing the digital effects people because you can't really have CGI in a 4K film. And now everyone's shooting everything in 4K and high definition, and you can see the scene lines. Mm. way too easy i mean the avengers was ridiculous for that they had to do a lot of scenes where it was entirely shot on a green screen because once you did all the composites it was very obvious what was cgi and what wasn't 
So they had to go back to doing completely practical effects for a lot of stuff. Like the new Star Wars was 99% practical. Mm. And it shows. If you go to the prequel trilogy where everything stands out because it's all CGI and green screen. And then you look at the new one, you know, it goes back to the 70s. It's all practical and it's seamless. Mm. Everything in it is completely, absolutely seamless because they did it all practical. Now, out of curiosity, what and I know it's hard to judge, but what you have seen uh, trailer-wise, if, you, if you're one who actually looks at the trailers, some people don't, I, although I don't believe them when they say, you know, I'll never watch the trailer until the movie because I, I, I question that. But I'll, if they say they didn't, I'll, I'll trust them. Like the new Batman versus Superman, is DC getting it right, what you're seeing special effects-wise? Or is it going to stand out like what you talked about with Marvel and the Avengers? If they go the route that Deadpool went, I mean, Deadpool, the little bit of CGI that they did, they did it really, really well. Like Deadpool's eyes were CGI. Mm. Well, his eyebrow movements on his mask were CGI. And then, of course, Colossus was CGI. But if they go that route and they just do very subtle things with it, it could be amazing. I mean, as of right now, Batman versus Superman is blowing me away. Ah. I'm very excited for that one. I, I was wondering because, you know, if it was holding up special effects wise for somebody like you, um, you know, because I have some friends who are not, they don't have your skills and they, they're like, this is going to, oh, wow, a lot of people. They think it's going to be a, a sleeper to some who are, you know, yawning. Oh, yeah, it's that Superman thing again. But, uh, you know, it, the trailers I've seen, especially the last one, it's like it looks, you know, that it's uh, maybe going to change the game a little bit in your world, especially if they're going to be relying on, on, real effects, if you will, not digital effects. Well, I think, you know, a lot of it, they've gotten greedy over the years. Like, I, I'm still, you know, relatively small time, you know, basing myself on Jacksonville, but I'll have people, you know, oh, you want $500 for that? That's expensive. And it's like, you know, have you ever watched Step Brothers? Because the scene where Will Ferrell puts a certain part of his body on the drum set, uh-huh. that certain part of his body costs $10,000. And it's like, you know, that, I think that's a lot of it where, you know, back in the day, you know, special effects guys, we could pretty much name our price because there was no one to compete with us. But now, you know, oh, well, for this price, I can get it in CGI. But now, you know, tables have turned. Like, yeah, I can get it in CGI, but you're going to film this fancy high-definition camera, so it's not going to look as good as if you pay us, but now prices have to go down. It's, and it's a weird topsy-turvy cycle. Mm. But I do think that, you know, we're going to get our place back in the industry and the rival between practical and digital guys is the funniest thing in the entire world. <laughs> so you like, watching, there's a rival. You, you like watching that argument in other words. <laughs> oh yeah. We, we, yeah, I have a few digital effects friends and it's constant. Well, I can do this on my computer and while you're slaving away and you're covered in goop, I'm sitting in my office and air conditioning. And, and it's like, yeah, but if you watch an HD, it sucks. <laughs> mine you know you can go back to you know jaws you know. Uh-huh. jaws is like the most insane success story as far as practical special effects goes you know the shark never worked in the movie right and that's why you hardly ever saw bruce in the movie at all because he really didn't work all that well so it ended up you know happy accident you barely see the shark and when you do see it it's amazing imagine if they did that digitally nowadays mm. like it looked awesome but you wouldn't have that same weird moment of Quint sliding into the shark's mouth and kicking and thrashing. It just, it wouldn't look as realistic and it wouldn't be as horrifying if you did it digitally because you'd be able to tell 
at speak. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. And, and also the suspense probably wouldn't have been what it was with Jaws. I mean, you had that suspense because they had to, they couldn't use the shark as much as they probably wanted to. So they had to rely on more suspense and, and uh, you know, build that up, the tension things i think probably yeah, at one more. point the shark was steven spielberg swimming around underwater with the snorkel <laughs> because they just couldn't get it to work <laughs> that's so cool what what show right now I, I besides the walking dead does like an oh wow to you where you, you watch it either netflix or or standard network that you you go or cable and you go man that, that that's pretty that's pretty damn good what they got going there special effects wise um, ah, there's so many really good ones from so many different genres. A really good one for me was um, Sons of Anarchy, mm. which I'm a huge fan of Sons of Anarchy anyway, but they did, you know, road rashes and gunshots and exploding heads and, you know, just the classic stuff. And they did a lot of it practically. And it was just, you know, so, so cleanly well done. They got it very anatomically correct. And that's kind of a big thing with me right now. And then another one, uh, Bird Notice, was another one where it was all practical, very little CGI, and again, you know, gunshots, stuff like that. <clears throat> and then World War, uh, not World War Z, um, Z Nation on Sci-Fi, their effects team is fantastic. Is there a main streamer that drives you nuts? One that you just, I mean, absolutely that you go, oh, whoa, that, you know, I mean, every time I watch this one, it's going to drive me crazy. Is there one of them that does that for you? Um, drives me crazy. How? Uh, just the effects are just, you know, you, you can spot it instantly. The magic's not there. I mean, I, I know you got to be like a magician who watches another magician and you, I, you know, the tricks. I can't really, I can't really blast them because I respect okay. them so oh, very, okay. very much. Okay. But there is, there is those, right. That are out there that you just go, oh boy. It's a really, really big property right now. And, and, and I'm kind of doing an event based around it Sunday. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, we won't talk about that in person. I mean, we'll talk about it in person without a microphone or, or camera running. I'll I'll ask you. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, I'll go ahead and say it. I, there's um, like, you're familiar with Dark Shadows, right? They oh, called it Boom Shadows. Okay. There's been certain things on The Walking Dead where, and you know, a lot of it's because they're doing hundreds of thousands of zombie makeups. You know, they're doing a lot of work. Right. So every once in a while you can see the themes on the makeup. And it's, again, something that your average viewer is not going to notice, but it's something I can sit there with my girlfriend and go, oh, wow, I can't believe Nicotero let that pass. Wow. And then she's like, you're the only one that's going to notice that. And then I'll talk to a few of my special effects buddies, and, oh, my God, you see that theme? You could see, like, where his eyes weren't glued down at all. And Ooh. it's like, yeah, I'm so glad you pointed that out. But, you know, the general viewer is not going to notice it. But for me, it's like dark shadows i can sit there and just pick mm. certain things and it's like wow can't believe that passed but then again they're doing seven to eight hundred makeups at a time and it, you miss things and you get so caught up in the getting you know set times and daylight especially when they're filming outdoors you, you only have so right. many hours to get stuff done and get your shots for the light gets all wacky so you know it's not a, any fault of theirs it's just one of those things where you're rushing and most likely, I mean, I don't know the story behind it, but it's one of those things where to me, they're rushing, they're getting their numbers through and then, oops, I forgot to see this guy. Mm. And every once in a while, some scenes will rip through or you'll notice a wire somewhere. 
So that, that's the big one that sticks out to me. Now, they have like three different types of zombies, if I remember correctly, right? Like they have the hero zombie, the close-up zombie, and then I don't remember how it breaks down. Then they have like the general population. And makeup is different for different levels, correct? I mean, then all the way to almost like a latex mask, isn't it? One and then the others who don't even have any, the way back, the far, I mean, the far distant yeah. ones. So they break it down. Usually and, when I noticed it, it was like season... I want to say it was season three. Yeah, it was season three or season four where they're in the prison. And the very first shot of the season premiere is the uh, walker getting his face ripped off. Mm. And right when the face comes off, you can see the actor's eyes underneath the prosthetic. Oh, boy. Where you can see little eye slits. And it was a really quick, like, two-second scene, and nobody noticed it but me. (laughs) I had to, like, go back and... No, 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 look, look really, really closely. And then everyone's like, yeah, sure, sure. And then I finally found a screen cap and I was like, look. And I'm like, oh, wow, it is there. So now my friends like to, you know, watch and see if they can find the seams and stuff. And the only person that's like really, really good at it, my girlfriend being around me for four years, she's getting really good at going, oh, that seam line though. <laughs> so you don't drive her crazy watching something. I mean, I, I would think somebody who's not into the special effects, you might drive them nuts. Oh, yeah. Like, my, my mom hates that. We'll watch a movie, and it'll be something, you know, we've both seen a million times. And I'll go, yeah, blah, 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 did the makeup on this. And the way they did this defect, or she'll go, oh, that was nasty. And it's like, all it was was blah, blah, blah. And the way they did this, and she's like, just shut up and let me enjoy the movie. <laughs> But my girlfriend, she finds it cute that I can sit there and pick things apart, and I want to say how it's done and talk about you know, weird trivia about how they filmed it and you know stuff like that. You are going to be a trip at Retrorama. I, I can't wait to uh, to actually – our paths never crossed at Retrorama uh, the last times I've been there, but it's definitely going to happen this uh, this Sunday. I know you'll be busy, so I won't, uh, I won't bother you, but I'm, I just want to observe you in action and uh, just uh, check out the magic that you're going to – have happened. Oh, there's, there's no bothering me. I'm the master multitasker. <laughs> if I get super busy, I'll be doing 10 to 15 makeups at a time and still talking to people and still shaking hands and still giving people advice and still critiquing people's work. And oh, you know, that's the hardest part right now is there's a lot of, you know, teenagers that, Oh my God, you want to be a special effects artist and you're a special effects artist and I want to be a special effects artist and oh my God, you have to look at my work. And I'll be super busy. I'll have a line backed up. I'm doing 10 to 15 makeups and I still have to take time to look and oh, well, what you did here, if you try this and come over here while I'm doing this, watch what I'm doing here. And then there's a little kid that wants to say hi and I have to go over and say hi to him and run over and it's uh, so much fun. So you actually, now I didn't even think to ask that uh, with you know, like illustrators, as you know, they they have portfolios and, and they will go to other illustrators and go, hey, you know, will you look at it? And that exists in your world. I, I didn't even think of that. Where people have portfolios. Oh, yeah. Um, my biggest you know memory as of lately is uh went to Transworld Haunted House uh, trade show years ago and I'm still an apprentice and it was standing around. It was my first experience being around a bunch of other special effects guys. And we're all standing around and pulling out our phones and showing pictures. And out of nowhere, I had this really, and I still do it now. If there's a celebrity or someone I really admire, I'll make a prop for them, give it to them, introduce myself. And a little while before that, I gave Robert England a Freddy glove. Oh. And we're at the show, we're talking, and 
yeah, that's an industry. I think portfolios more than you know, anything is how you get your name out there. But for a lot of us, it's the people we've talked to and the connections we made. And someone asked if I could do a sparking glove. And I'm like, yeah, I can do a sparking Freddy glove. And out of nowhere, I hear Jay Woodley makes a quality product. And he pats me on the shoulder and walks away. And I look over and it's Robert England. Oh, geez. And I'm like, how does he remember me? Oh, my God. And you know, just the whole thing. I can't remember where I was going with that, but there was a point somewhere. Well, we were talking about portfolios and showing up yeah. with portfolios, and, and it's done in the special effects world compared to the illustrator worlds. They do they do that as well there. So you both I mean, usually when we do that, it's not like a matter of you know, taking your work to show off. It's more of a, what have you done lately? Oh, man, I did this and that and this thing. And it's more of like a, I compare it to baseball cards. Mm. Like it's one of those things where we'll sit around and trade pictures and oh man this is really cool well give me this and i want your dead kid okay here take my dead kid i'm gonna take your amputated foot and it's it's oh. such the weirdest most screwed up thing in the whole world but yeah i've done that a few times you know traded one of my pictures for someone else's picture and then traded a prop for another prop and and that's the cool thing is like collecting your colleagues work Fantastic. Yeah, there's people that have my props. I have some of my friends' props, and we'll go back and forth and collaborate. Or we'll we'll sculpt some. I'll sculpt something, and you know, I really want to try painting one of those. Cool. Here, give him a raw pool. He'll paint my mask. I'll get one of his. I'll paint his mask. And and it's it's the weirdest like sense of camaraderie in the entire world because it's all monsters. Mm. And it's the weirdest thing to bring a group of people together. But you get those hardcore horror fans, whether you're a special effects artist or just a fan of the genre or an actor or, you know, whatever. The weird the weird way it binds everyone together in this one giant eclectic group of weird people that all like the same thing. It's just, it's a weird thing to watch, is there, especially from the outside looking in. Is there, is, and I know in other art and in my world too, there you can have the brotherhood thing going and I don't mean that to be sexist, you know, it could be any gender. You can have that, that, that family thing going, but you can also have the extreme rivalry. Is that happening in your world where there is oh. the, even to the point of sabotage or type thing going on? I mean, is it? Oh yeah. Okay. It's a very, very cutthroat industry. I mean, there's, it's so hard. Like I don't want to make it sound negative at all because usually it's all in good fun. You'll have people that play pranks on each other and you joke around and there's those people. And then you have the other people that are elitist and they did this project. So they're better than you. And it, it gets kind of weird from time to time, but for the most part, I mean, it's mostly we all like the same stuff and do the same thing. So we're going to talk shop and collaborate and trade stories and, I mean, for the most part, it's a giant brotherhood of awesome. <laughs> now that's cool to hear. And the coolest thing about it, and you know, back to going to um, the trade shows, you'll have your, um, you know, especially in the haunted attraction industry, you'll have the actors will be together in a group and the owners of the haunted houses will be in a group. And then your designers will be over. And then the special effects guys are like the motley crew of drunken pirates running around causing chaos the entire time. <laughs> it's like a prerequisite to be a special effects artist you have to be a prankster and up to nefarious things at all times okay whether it's leaving bloody handprints on things or hiding brains in refrigerators or your hotel room is covered in blood when you check out and you leave a body wrapped up in the bed sheets 
Oh, oh man. I, I've done that a time or two. It was freaking hilarious. Oh, I bet that's fun. <laughs> Wait, we um, had a military exercise to do, and I had to make, I think it was like 15 or 20 gallons of blood, and I'm in my hotel room with five-gallon buckets and a drill mixing the blood, and I'm trying to pour it into one-gallon milk jugs, and I accidentally spilled the blood all over the floor and all over the oh. bed and all over the wall. And I tried to clean it, and I was like, eh, I'm going to leave it here and see what happens. So then I took the pillows and made a body shape and wrapped it up in the bed sheet and then wrote a note on the wall that said, sorry. Oh, sorry. And as I'm, sorry. <laughs> as I'm downstairs checking out, I just hear this blood-curdling scream, and the maid comes running down the stairs screaming, and it was so much fun. Oh, I was warned if I ever did it again, I'd have a lot of stuff to pay, but... Yeah, it was so much fun. <laughs> and I guess you didn't go back to that hotel, right? Actually, I've been there a few times. Oh, they, every time they see us, every time they see us, just you're not doing anything in that room. If you make any blood mess, you're responsible. Oh. So now we don't make blood in hotel rooms anymore. Well, that's a good thing. <laughs> Jeez. Well, but it's like stuff like that. The playing jokes thing is just the funniest thing in the world to me. I. I have people that get very squeamish. Uh, I'm sure you'll see it at the show Sunday. Uh, our photographer, Craig, hates the whole horror blood and guts thing. What? I will chase him with things. And yeah, Craig doesn't like the blood and guts. So I will chase him with things and show him blood and show him pictures just to watch him make faces. I've had guys I've chased with intestines just to watch them dry heave. Oh. I mean, it, it's all in good fun, though. I, I want to see I want to see Craig run. I, I want to see that happen. Oh, it'll definitely happen. And I have a personal photographer as well. So we're going to have lots of pictures All right. of everything. Make Craig run. That's the goal. <laughs> run, Craig, run. There we go. It'll be an episode. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. Well, I look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Now, what time are you going to get? Uh, are you going right out of the box when the show gates open? I mean, is is Jay getting ready to entertain and, and perform right at the showtime or? Is there a start time for you outside of the um, regular do- doors open? Jay will be cranky from approximately 7 to 8, about okay. 8.15 all perk up, and okay. then it'll be random business. Uh, I think we have to set up at 7 and build the – put the photo op together and get the table and everything. And then the 9 o'clock uh, preview for the VIPs is going to be uh, me doing makeup on the walkers. So that'll be like a live demo wow. of me doing the makeup. And then come um, 10 o'clock, it'll be straight up business for everybody. Cool. So get to Retrorama ahead of time, if possible. And you can find tickets on their website, jacksretrocon.com. And we have a link to that right on our website, rileyandkimmy.com, also our Facebook page, J. Thank you for being on the show. I look forward to seeing you Sunday, and it's going to be weird in a good way. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Thank you very much for having me on. Can't wait to see you guys Sunday. Visit RileyandKimmy.com to connect on social media and for archived podcasts.